Welcome to An Academic's Life, and I am your host, Genesee Carter. In this episode, I want to talk about reading, specifically reading for fun. This is a little bit of a different topic compared to the topics in some of the previous weeks, but it's something that is on my mind because as a professor with a background in English, I have been unable to read for fun for about 10 years. So join me for this conversation about reading, reading for pleasure, and why academia ruined my reading for fun and what I am doing to get that back. So let's dive in. One of the things, especially if you have a background in the humanities and English specifically, you know that you do a lot of reading. And I got into English because I loved reading. As a homeschooled kid, who didn't feel like they fit in with the other homeschooled kids in their world, I made a conscious decision in junior high that I would rather read than have any friends. Yes, pretty sad and depressing, I'll let you know. But reading opened up a completely new world for me, and I think I was 12 or 13 when I joined the library summer reading challenge. And that's when I started reading Gone with the Wind, and I started reading all of the Victorian novels and I started reading detective novels and fell in love with Agatha Christie and Charles Dickens among many others and I have to tell you I really truly fell in love with the Victorian novels specifically Charles Dickens and George Eliot but also the early 19th century authors such as Jane Austen. I remember when I found her book Emma my life completely changed. And so I decided to go into English because I absolutely loved reading and I loved getting lost in a completely different world. 19th century London usually was the setting. I loved the wit and the sarcasm of the Victorian writers, the British writers, and I loved the description for everybody who hates the overabundance of description in Charles Dickens' world, I absolutely loved it. It was fascinating for me. Maybe that's because I'm a detail-oriented person and I loved reading about, you know, the chimney smoke coming out of the chimney and the haze and, and the dust and the charcoal out in the London night and the description of the fog and, and rain and, you know, ev everything that Charles Dickens wrote about the buildings and architecture and cobblestone streets. I just absolutely loved it. And going into my undergraduate and my master's degree, I mean, I still enjoyed reading. There was way too much reading to do. Um, and it was hard to enjoy those novels for fun when you had so much work that you had to continue keeping up on and reading. But it really was my PhD comprehensive exams that killed my love for reading. In my PhD program, we had to also study a, a literature um, time period. And so even though my, my PhD was going to be in rhetoric and writing, we had to have a literary period. And so mine was the Victorians. And the reading list for the Victorians was like literally like 300 
texts of poetry, short stories, novels. And I remember trying to get through a Thomas Hardy novel and I just was so absolutely traumatized. I was like bawling my eyes out. And my boyfriend was texting me, where are you? You know, my brothers are in town. Come hang out with us. And I just, I was so traumatized by this novel and the various um, sexual assault scenes and just the the, the de- complete depression in this novel that I, I was absolutely traumatized and couldn't go and socialize with anyone that night as I was trying to get through this novel. But When I was getting ready for my comprehensive exams, I remember my bed was covered with every single book imaginable. I had a queen size bed and I literally never made my bed because I woke up and I had books and papers and my laptop all over my bed and I would go to sleep with books and papers and my laptop all over my bed and I was teaching my composition courses and studying for my comp exams and being traumatized by um, the poetry and these storylines in these Victorian works that I was reading. And, and just the sheer overwhelming number of texts that I had to read and process and write down on my three by five flashcards and information that I had to memorize. Um, I didn't realize it at the time, But just having to cram that much information into my brain and into my heart and into my soul truly killed my love for reading. Because after my comprehensive exams, um, which were almost 10 years ago, I could not read for fun. I, I have not been able to pick up a Victorian novel and read it since my comprehensive exams. I would try to read contemporary work and not be able to sit still and concentrate. And even though I don't have ADD or ADHD, I felt like I had somewhat similar symptoms where I would sit down and I would open up a book, whether it was a contemporary piece or a popular fiction piece um, or even, you know, a Victorian piece and try to sit down and read and like live within the pages and get immersed in the storyline and I just would get so incredibly itchy fidgety my eyes would start darting everywhere all over the page I felt like I could not concentrate I could not read the words on the page and it just has been so 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 heartbreaking for me because this is why I became an an English major to begin with is because I love these stories. I love this work. And somehow I I guess it's, you know, being absolutely burnt out that I've not been able to enjoy reading. About five years ago, David and I went on our honeymoon and that was one of the first, we went to Puerto Rico the first time. Well, we've only been to Puerto Rico once. Absolutely amazing. If you have a chance to go, you definitely need to go. Puerto Rico and the Puerto Ricans are amazing and are worth our time and attention and interest. And I bought two of Anthony Bourdain, the late Anthony Bourdain books that he had written about being a chef and a cook. 
And while we were in Puerto Rico for two weeks, I was actually able to read those books for fun. I felt relaxed enough to sit down and read those books. And that was five years ago. And the next time that I've been able to read for fun and just like quiet my brain and my soul and my heart long enough to read has been in this last month. And I do have to say, you know, whenever I see, I don't, I don't know about you guys, but on my Facebook feed during summer and during winter break, it's almost like all of my academic friends go on the, like they, they join these reading competitions where they post pictures of how many books they're going to try to read in a month or three months or how many books from the New York Times, you know, like must read list are they going to read and they post these like mountains of books or like lists of how many books they're reading a week. And it gives me so much anxiety because I just, I cannot even imagine sitting still and concentrating, reading all of those, those words. It's, it's, it's like I get a panic attack just thinking about it. And I start feeling all like itchy and uncomfortable. And I get all this nervous energy when I see everybody's list of books and I've had to start unfollowing people on Facebook, not unfriending them, but unfollowing them because I was getting like this psychosomatic response, seeing all of the books that they were talking about reading. And it felt, it feels so weird to like say that because I'm like, gosh, like what's wrong with me? (laughs) My therapist says I'm burnt out. Like, what's wrong with me that I that I can't read anymore and looking at people's reading lists is, like, stressing me out? But this last month, let me tell you what I did. And if any of you are struggling with reading, maybe this strategy is, is going to work for you. But another conversation for another time, like, raise your hand if you're an academic who loves reading, but for whatever reason, academia has, like, killed your heart and soul's love for reading and you feel like you have no brain cells left for reading but gosh I would I would love to talk to some professional about that issue I I didn't maybe even a reading specialist I'm not sure what it is what what the underlying issue is but I decided to go to the library and try to fall in love with the works that had that had captured my heart um, when I was a kid. And, I, and the last couple of months I've gone to the library, I've literally flipped through Mary Poppins, um, Frank L. Baum's Wizard of Oz. I loved reading that in junior high and high school. I have looked through other books that, you know, tried to capture my my feelings and emotions for when I loved reading in junior high and high school, like Agatha Christie or Sherlock Holmes or others. And I would go to the library and I would just, I would get a panic attack being there. Like I, I would open up The Wizard of Oz and my brain is like, Genesee, I cannot comprehend thinking about Oz and Dorothy and I cannot calm down enough to process this information and so I was always bummed out about that like what is wrong with me that I cannot read for fun but this last month 
Not exactly sure what happened or what changed, but I walked in the library and I said to myself, I'm going to check out some books that I know that I've really enjoyed reading, you know, 20 plus years ago, and I want to see if I can read any of them. So I got a couple Agatha Christie and I was able to read a couple of chapters and then I started getting nervous energy, so I stopped. But I also checked out Marion Zimmer Bradley's The Lady of Avalon, which is a book that I read 20 years ago. And I have to tell you, her book worked. I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's because her pages are full of just this like calm energy. There's something about the writing style and the space. How would how do I even describe this? In her writing, it doesn't feel frenetic. It feels very pastoral in the way that she describes the environment. It feels like she's not trying to pack too much information and activity into every single sentence. So the book doesn't feel like you're being forced through all of these narratives. It actually feels very easy and, and kind of like a slow jaunt or a stroll through these um, narratives. And it was, it was the speed that I needed. If that makes any sense, does that even make any sense? It was the speed that I needed. The narrative was the speed that I needed. And I found myself actually sitting in bed reading for hours and not feeling stressed out, not feeling frenetic, not feeling itchy and agitated, but calm and relaxed reading her work. And... I'm taking a pause because I I just kind of am feeling right now in my body just this great immense joy and hope that one day I'll be able to get back to reading my beloved Victorian novels because I miss them. They are like old friends and they mean so much to me. Those stories have truly helped me grow as a person, as a human being as a thinker, as an empathetic person, as a curious person. And I really want to get to the place to where I can read those those novels again. The other thing that I've noticed is, and I was talking to a friend about this who is a voracious reader, and I ask her all the time, like, how do you even have energy with all the classes that you're teaching and all the work that you're doing to sit down and read. And one of the things that she said was if she wants to get into a reading mindset, she cannot be watching television. So I have not studied the research on this, but there is truth in saying that the mind that one needs to read a book uses different 
elements of the brain and processing than television. And I find that it is much more difficult to get into the mind space to enjoy reading if I've been watching TV before or after I read. And I don't know about you all, but I find that even if I'm watching a TV show that I enjoy, maybe it's just the way that it stimulates my brain, that I feel almost like a surge of adrenaline. And it's hard to relax enough. And I think that's the thing that I'm realizing about reading is to really process and for the brain to do the work of reading those words and putting that information together and imagining the scene of what you're reading, maybe it requires more cognitive work than it does for TV. I don't know. Don't know the research. Would be curious on that. And when I am overstimulated with technology and with TV in general or social media, I cannot get into that that reading-friendly state. And I don't know if it's a parasympathetic state or what it is, or a relaxed state to be able to read. And while I am almost done with Marion Zimmer Bradley's book, I don't feel like I can actually go and read the Agatha Christie book that I have, ABC Murders. Um, I also checked out an HP Lovecraft book that I've never, I've never read any HP Lovecraft. And I like 19th century work. And so I'm going to try to read that. But I, I just intuitively feel that I'm not going to be able to connect with that one either. But Marion Zimmer Bradley seems to be a book that I can connect with. So I think I'm going to have to go back to the library and check out what other books she has and read those. I don't fully understand what's going on with how I can read her book and not other books. I don't understand why it's been 10 years since my comp degree and I still can't read the Victorian novels for fun. Um, I don't understand what's going on there either. But I just bring this up to say that in case you're feeling, you know, like me, go check out some books from the library and see what resonates with you and see which book you actually feel relaxed enough to read. And maybe there's going to be an author out there or a writing style or a genre that relaxes you and allows you to get into that state where you can read and process the information. The other thing I I just want to touch base on and bring up is sometimes the work that we do kills our first love. And a lot of professional athletes say this, right? Like they got into a particular sport because they loved it. And then they moved into the professional sphere and then it became all work. And then they stopped loving it and it really kind of hurts my heart to know that I haven't been able to get back into reading the way that I've wanted to and I I don't know what the problem is and I don't know what the solution is. And I'm taking a deep breath because I'm, I'm just thinking about it. I'm just processing it right now. But I'm hoping that hope is not lost. 
And I guess the biggest takeaway for this is, is like, if we constantly treat our life as work, and academics are so prone to do that because so many academics go into academia because they're looking for their passion, they're looking for work that fuses with their, or like meshes and supports their identity, or there's a topic that they're so incredibly passionate about, they want to do work on that topic full time. But when everything we do is about work, it is really hard to get into the relaxed state where we can actually enjoy activities or enjoy reading or enjoy hobbies or, you know, enjoy other areas. And too many academics that I know have made their lives all about work. And it's almost like they can't get into a relaxed state anymore to go do anything else that is not related to work. And when you're, when you are working at such an intense level for so many years upon decades upon decades, it's hard to get into that parasympathetic state. It's hard to relax. It's hard to tell the brain, it's okay. You don't, you don't need to be working so hard or, um, focused on your writing or your research or analyzing or being analytical. There are other elements of you. You can relax. You can take a deep sigh of breath. You can do other things with your time and with your brain space. And so I'm still trying to figure out if my issue around reading is because of being burnt out or if it's because of overwork or workaholism, if it's because I've been in a fight, flight, freeze, um, high adrenaline response with work for such a long time that my body does not know how to relax enough to read for fun. I'm not exactly sure. But I think all of those areas are worth exploring if you're dealing with the exact same thing. And my hope is go to the library, pick up some books, See what resonates with you. Maybe we need to go on more vacations so that we're more relaxed so that we can actually read for fun or do the things, you know, that that we have always loved to do. We'd love to do as kids that we miss doing. So that's my personal challenge to you. And thanks for listening. I will talk to you later.